Can I just share one thing? Um, before we get started, since we were talking, I was talking about the um, stoops and stuff. If uh -huh. you go to bulkfoods.com, they seriously have everything. And that's where I got my asparagus powder. Um, I do a lot of Indian foods, so coconut milk, but they have coconut milk powder. Uh-huh, sweet. Um, they have like anything and everything. I bought xylitol from there. Um, they must give um, supply like manufacturers because they have a lot of different things like that. I love nutritional yeast and use it a lot. And they've got that. And you can usually buy it in like one, five, one or five pounds and then like bigger pounds. Mm -hmm. And um, if you spend $75, then it's $5 shipping. Huh. Yeah. So... But they have all sorts of beans and seeds and just, it's amazing. Yeah, so, I'm going to have to look them up. Yeah, that's where I ordered a lot of my stuff for the soups that I was making. So, mm -hmm. yeah, great to know. Yeah. Um, all right. So, just, um, we just might be low on, on numbers today. My mom left here. She should be getting home anytime. <laughs> um, so we're gonna have our watch party tomorrow um, for arrival, 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. If that doesn't work for you, we'll, we will plan another one um, next week, you know, uh, possibly in the future to uh, make sure everybody gets a chance that wanted to uh, do that. But um, just make sure that you watch it ahead of time so that you got the storyline down uh, when we're, we're talking about it. Um, Hey, I watched it and Leslie reached out to me and asked me if I'd watched it. And I said, yeah, but even knowing what you talked about, like I got nothing. <laughs> so Leslie looked up a review uh -huh. and it had a lot of interesting things, which I think you kind of clued into. Mm -hmm. So that was really helpful. So then I went back and watched it again today, yesterday, knowing <clears throat> like what the reviewer had said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you can like binge it like a good 10 times, <laughs> it, it keeps getting more and more complex. Like I've tried to watch it a couple times this week just to pull out some additional questions and like how to facilitate, you know, like a discussion on it kind of thing. But oh man, I was getting more last night than I think I was the other time. It, it, it's such a good movie. And I'm not a movie person, but or aliens or any of that <laughs> it goes totally against my grain. Wow. But well, that um, review was super helpful. I was really grateful to her for it. I'm gonna mm -hmm. run and grab something. I'll be right back. Yeah. Um. So we've got that, and um. My mind just went blank. What's this Saturday? Saturday is ham radio, right? Um. For those that are uh, working with us on that. Um, and then education week, uh, if anybody still needs help, uh, planning classes or anything, uh, let me know. Um, and yeah, anyway, all of that housekeeping put aside, let's dive into, uh, tonight's material. So, um, our homework tonight was really tiny. It was just two little paragraphs, probably our easiest week in this whole thing. But I find that these two paragraphs and, um, some of like the additional things that we found afterward, uh, Anthony Sweat's um, guest appearance on the Follow Him podcast and everything. Man, there's there's a lot here to unpack. Yeah. 
But um, as we are kind of taking a look at what was the purpose behind the School of the Prophets, what was Joseph Smith and um, and God the Father, Jesus Christ, wanting with this group of people to help them do? Like, what, what was the purpose, and did they accomplish that purpose? And so, um, kind of with that in mind, let's dive right into um, Zebedee Coltrane's quote that we, I had put as our, our homework for, for tonight. Um, I find this very interesting, but pondering all of the different questions that I have, even from from these <laughs> I, I like it leaves more questions in my mind than answers even though yeah, it's amazing in and of itself so in um january so it's the first winter of the school of the prophets keep in mind they're about 14 to 21 you know it was growing uh, during that winter um up to the the final 21 but um, i'm not exactly sure at what point or what, how many are at this stage in the game but anyway he says that at one of these meetings, after the organization of the school, when we were all together, Joseph having given instructions, and like I want to know what those instructions were, and while engaged in silent prayer, kneeling, with our hands uplifted, each one praying in silence, no one whispered above his breath. A personage walked through the room from east to west, and Joseph asked if we saw him. I saw him, and suppose the others did. And Joseph answered, That is Jesus, the Son of God, our elder brother. Afterward, Joseph told us to resume our former position in prayer, which we did. Another person came through. He was surrounded as with a flame of fire. I experienced a sensation that it might destroy the tabernacle as it was of consuming <laughs> fire of great brightness. The prophet Joseph said this was fa the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I saw him. And then uh, later on, when asked about what kind of clothing the father had on, Brother Coltrane said, I did not discover his clothing, for he was surrounded as with a flame of fire, which was so brilliant that I could not discover anything else but his person. I saw his hands, his legs, his feet, his eyes, nose, mouth, head, and body in the shape and form of a perfect man. He sat in a chair as a man would sit in a chair, but this appearance was so grand and overwhelming that it seemed I should melt down in his presence, and the sensation was so powerful that it thrilled through my whole system, and I felt it in the marrow of my bones. The prophet Joseph said, brethren, now you are prepared to be the apostles of Jesus Christ, for you have seen both the Father and the Son, and know that they exist, and that they are two separate personages. So, what... Kind of things do you think that we learn from Zebedee's uh, quick little testimony there? You know, that's one of, of many little excerpts that, that people have um, recorded of him testifying about. But um, what do we learn from, from just this specific one here? And what questions might you have from, from it as well? Like, like I said, I think I have more questions than I have answers. But um, uh, I think it's very powerful, these quick two little paragraphs that we have. Anyway, just open it up. What do you what do you guys take out of that? I believe that God wants us to see him and that he wants us to seek after that because it's a whole different way of living. It isn't just he doesn't want it to be just seeing seeing him. Um yeah. 
I just don't have words. I haven't had words for like 10 days <laughs> since I watched the movie. <laughs> it's kind of amazing the timing on that too. I don't know. <laughs> Goodness. So maybe it'll come to me later, but oh my word. Yeah. Does it make you wonder from that statement Joseph said, if uh-huh. every apostle has seen not just the son, but the father also? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, like from that just little snippet there, it seems like that is kind of the requirement that you have to see the two so that you know the true character and can testify that Jesus is a very separate and distinct individual who wrought the atonement kind of a thing and being a witness of that rather than a witness of, you know, the Holy Trinity kind of principle or any other uh, type of religious uh, point of view or perspective kind of a thing, but uh, having a special witness of that specific fact. I found that intriguing. And of all the things to ask, you want to know what clothes he's wearing? (laughs) right I thought the same thing I was like okay you know I always think you know I hate it when they open things up to question and answer wherever Mm -hmm. and that's one of the examples why (laughs) what was he wearing I could think of a lot more (laughs) um interest I mean I don't know like what feeling did you have like yeah. It was interesting he would say that there was this overwhelming feeling of love. That's what I would think. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he really talked about the feeling. Mm-hmm. It seems like in one of his quotes, he does kind of uh, get into uh, more on that angle there. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that's very interesting. I want to know, like, what it says uh, when we were all together, Joseph having given instructions. I, like what are those instructions what what was he saying like what <laughs> how is he prepping people for this because like, like look at what they've went through they've went through very specific preparation we have the word of wisdom we have all of these different things that are preparing not only their minds but their hearts their intellectual capabilities you know lectures on faith hasn't mm-hmm. entered the scene for another couple of years but um we have some major changes amongst these people these uh, 21 elders uh, give or take but um and i I just want to know what the instructions are like guys today we're gonna see some stuff right like uh later on uh zebedee gives a testimony as well of um let's see i forget who exactly it is but anyway when when joseph uh lies down and has two people on on kind of each arm laying on his arm and it's like you know we're, we're gonna go get some visions let's let's do this you know, he's so confident in approaching deity and uh, in the capabilities that are there, the privileges that are ours as human beings when we have sufficient faith. But anyway, I like this first school of the prophets. I want to know what instructions were given. You know, like, okay, today's a, a very special day. We're, we're going to rend that veil of unbelief and really get to the nitty gritty here. No, but... Um... Kirtland Temple hadn't been uh, built yet, mm-hmm. but that's one of the other things is we think we can only do that in the temple, and yet this was in the Whitney store, right? Mm-hmm. Joseph was in a grove, 
And how many other times did he see the father and the son? I yeah. think I know of like six times. I can't remember that he saw the father. And how many times did he see the son and angels? And we just think like we just count ourselves out. Like we're not in the right place. And yet President Nelson's told us to make our homes like a temple. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that our bodies are temples. Like all of this Im imagery of... You know, that's one of the things we were talking about in class here of looking at the Old Testament this year, it's kind of had a fresh perspective on look at all of these imperfect people who have achieved amazing things with the Lord's help. And they've been able to move their own personal mountains and uh, part the veil and and do these things. It God's no respecter of persons. He wants us, like Leslie was uh, talking about, like, he wants to show himself to us like he's ready to come to us as soon as we're ready to come to him but it's you know out of uh, law of mercy and, and grace that he doesn't um until we are at that stage when we can abide his presence and and do those things but yeah in um in anthony sweat's talk <clears throat> talk what do, i don't know what to call it um mm -hmm. Podcast. Yeah, pod he says that um, what Joseph wanted to do at the June 1831 conference is to give the elders help to is give these elders help them become high priests. Now, when I say high priest, we think uh, ecclesiastically in the church, we think of state presidents and bishops. And after the June 1831 conference, Joseph will start to use high priests to preside, um, priests to preside, but the theological line, the doctrinal line finds its fruition in the temple today. He, <laughs> he wants, he wanted to produce um, Enoch's and Melchizedek's and, and brother of Jared's and all the, all the great people that we look up to that had this kind of relationship with Christ and I'm assuming Heavenly Father too just because it doesn't say doesn't mean it didn't occur and um and I'm assuming he wanted that for them so much because he 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 wanted to share the th the things that he was experiencing and loved his um, the saints so much. He wanted the very same thing for them, and he knew that God wanted the same thing for them too. So, mm -hmm. very so very cool. And an interesting thing, as you're pointing that out about like high priests and stuff, does that translate down to Saint George? Like when um, in uh, the the eminent men that are appearing to Wilfred Woodruff, right? Like in the temple, we ordain to the office of elder, uh, but there were five men that were ordained to the office of high priest um, of those eminent men. Everybody else was ordained to the office of elder except for five. Uh, it's just an interesting uh, takeaway from, from like what you just said, that that high priest uh, really takes on a, uh, an interesting meaning there uh, from the school of the prophets forward. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking of um, you wondering about the instructions Joseph gave, but my mind's brought to President Nelson and instructions he's given us. 
Yeah. Like study DNC 84, 121. And was it 39? I can't remember hmm. the other one. Anyways, um, to uh, fortify our home spiritually and physically, um, hear him. Uh, how, like how many, how many instructions has he been giving us? Yeah. And it's all predicated upon agency, right? Like mm -hmm. if you want the same blessings, you follow the, the same pattern. Patterns are eternal and, and God knows how to build Zion. You know, he, he's done it <laughs> with many worlds and, and he's given us that pattern if we will take it and run with it. But the, the problem is execution uh, and unbelief, right? Like if we don't want to believe it or, or just can't, quite picture ourselves in that mode or uh, whether it just comes down to laziness or not wanting to give up certain things or whatever. But uh, I think that that's a, a huge pattern that comes out of both school of the prophets and the old Testament sons of the prophets. Uh, I know I quote Abraham like all the time on this, but um, it's just interesting that there's always this emergence of a call out group and they are uh, called as ascetics to practice a severe self-discipline and absentation from all forms of indulgence. Uh, it's a higher law of consecration and, and uh, further things like that, where it's fully relying on the Lord and, and making that transition over to that. Uh, it's very interesting how, how that plays out and how it will play out. Yeah, Leslie. <clears throat> Pardon me, it's all on fire. So I've, <laughs> I'm hoping to just say my thing. So I'm, I'm all done. <laughs> so, um, when you were saying, you know, why, why, what was preventing them from being able to do this? Um, so we had the June 1831 conference and then the November 31 conference. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong on this. Um, and they, in the, I'm, I'm not sure what, what, uh, is it 88 where it talks about that there was fears in your hearts and that's why you, um, so it says they endeavored to receive the blessing, which was offered on you endeavored to receive the blessing which was offered unto you back in June, which was to be able to, here, let me look. Um, in Kirtland, Ohio, in the little log cabin, 60 men gathered together, and in the words of John Correll, that they might receive an endowment. And um, Anthony said, I would say that the broader definition of the endowment is to receive a power or a capacity. Um, the question is what great power and capacity was God trying to give these elders who gathered on the Morley farm in June of 1831? Well, he was trying to give them the great power and capacity that the ancient high priest people like Enoch and Melchizedek and Isaiah and the brother of Jared and, um, so then fast forward to November and was it 88? 
Um, I haven't been able to find it yet, but I was also looking in 90 and 92 because there was some of that kind of language in there as well. Let me. Okay. Anyway. Um, I'll just keep reading what Anthony said. Um, <clears throat> they endeavored to receive the blessing which was offered to them. Um, what blessing was offered? It was the blessing of the endowment. It was the blessing of knowing God, having the heavens open, having his mysteries revealed. But verily I say unto you, yeah, okay, say unto you that there were fears in your hearts, and verily this is the reason that you did not receive. Now jump over to verse 10 in section 67. It says, and again, I, verily I say unto you that it is your privilege and a promise I give unto you, unquote. I would, um, I would highlight that line because you're going to see it in section 88 a promise give uh given to you that um anyway that that's neither here nor there but there was oh here it is um the their ordination was to become great high priests quote that insomuch as you strip yourselves from jealousies and fears and humble yourself before me for you are not sufficiently humble. The veil shall rent and you shall see me and know that I am. Not with the carnal, neither natural mind, but with I don't know. Oh, spiritual. Um, for you cannot oh I think so. For you cannot be carnal and have your endowment in your life have great power and capacity. I thought of the word of wisdom being carnal and um, do we lust after food? I thought about, you know, pornography is such a plague and, and it's such a, I, I think eating can be such a hidden vice and it's socially acceptable mm -hmm. at least, you know, but it's, it still can be carnal. Um, anyway, um, he also talks to me about coming together and being of one heart and one mind and in perfect faith. And I thought so much about how the brethren are supposed to um, have that in the school of the prophets. And, um, and then I think it was Janet in uh, the Sunday class that was said this, the, uh, the great and last promise is the promise that you can be endowed with high priestly heavenly power in your life to come into the presence of God, to know him, to know his will, to have revelation, to be guided, to be one with him and receive a fullness of his blessings. Um, that is the promise. And to me, that, that's pretty much says it all. And, um, and then oh, one more thing. And then um, we're told they were told to sanctify themselves and to, um, purify their hearts and cleanse, cleanse their hands and their feet before the Lord that he can make them clean. <clears throat> and he said that God is trying, he's going to make a school of prophets, a school of Melchizedek and Enoch's and Noah's and Adam's, a school of Moses's that can have the same revelatory power and capacity and miracles in their lives. And to, and he's trying to, trying to get them to achieve this. Oh, how magnificent is all of that. And um, that was just all burning on a heart and I had to share. So mm -hmm. well, as you what? were saying all that, 
Yeah. Um, and talking about the blessings of the endowment and made me think about what do we think the endowment is today? Pretty much all we think it is, is that we go and we make covenants and we get garments. That's it. Mm -hmm. That's where we receive our garments. And that's about, I think that's about all we really think about. Or it's something you do before you get married. Or go on a mission and then you have to wear garments. Yeah. You know, but I think that's kind of about all that people think of. And um, I remember my I, when I worked at the temple, the temple president said, we don't say people get their endowment. We say they receive their endowment. And yet how many people receive their endowment? Yeah. Mm -hmm. like it's more just um, like a rite of passage, right? Yeah. It's interesting how many of our covenants are like that, right? I mean, we we enter into them in a very preliminary stage when uh, I, like there's no way that you could fully understand all of the complexities of of any individual covenant, and yet growing into them is the the process of actually receiving those things. Um, and I don't know, I, at least to me in my own experience and stuff, that's not really a taught principle of growing in and actually receiving the, the covenants that we enter into and how powerful the sacrament is in that process to constantly be renewing and recommitting and realigning ourselves, repenting um, and, and allowing those changes to take place so that we can finally receive those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Kathy. Yeah, that, just what Alethea was saying, that book, can't remember which one it is fulfilling your endowment by Corey. somebody do you remember that one uh-huh yeah that book was a big changer for me life changer have you guys read that book mm -mm. holy moly that <laughs> book the lot i read i reread just some of like the tokens and all the stuff before mm -hmm. i went last time so i would have it all fresh in my mind it is some pretty cool stuff because I never knew what all that meant. And he has it all in there and it's all, um, he has all of the, uh, whatever you call it, chapters and verses everywhere he got it, um, all documented. And it is a life changer. The endowment is so cool when you know what it's talking about so much better. If you ever get the chance, there's the three books. It's um, preparing, receiving your endowment, preparing, receiving, and fulfilling mm -hmm. your endowment by Corey. Somebody I can't remember his last name. Jensen. What was it? Jensen. Jensen. Uh huh. Yeah. Jensen. Yeah. Yeah. So that last one was. They're all good. In fact, my bishop told me to read the second one. He asked all of us when we were getting our recommends to read it. Mm -hmm. And so I read it. And then when I saw the third one came out, I got it. And that was that it's so deep and so cool. And a few of the things I connected was just amazing. But then back to the subject of what we studied. Um, I don't know. I got on late. Sorry. But when, you know, when they're, I think they're, where are they when he's with, when Joseph sees Christ walk by and then God the Father shows up. Was that Newell K. Whitney's store or where was that? Uh -huh. Yeah. So why did Jesus just walk by? Why did he just walk through? Like, 
did you guys wonder about that? Have you already talked about it? I don't know if we've talked, did we talk about it in group A and B? I can't remember quite, but. Um, I just thought it was so interesting why he would just pass through like that. Like why, what was that? Like, uh -huh. he's just like, did you see him? That was Christ. Like he didn't stop. He didn't, like, I thought that was so, I would love some enlightenment on that. Cause why would he just walk through? Like he just didn't say, didn't wave, didn't talk, didn't just like pass through. And then God, the father shows up in, you know, burning fire and everything. I thought that was so interesting. Does anybody have a take on that? I do. <laughs> yeah, go for it, mother. I could see you over there just ready to pounce. I love it. <laughs> but like what happens in between this sentence and this sentence here? After he says, um, that is Jesus, the Son of God, our elder brother. Afterward, Joseph told us to resume our former position in prayer. Anyway, mother, you go for it. Okay. <laughs> Leslie's already heard this in group B, but I'll give it anyway. This is my take on it. Because time is the Heavenly Father and Jesus don't go by lineal time like we do here on earth. And so um, they can, um, time can stand still, like um, how I want to say this. Because like, and I've read this about when you, after you get translated and you go out and you find, you go through your portals and, and, and bring back uh, the elect, you know, to Zion and stuff. And it says, when you get back, it's like as if you hadn't even been gone because your time, I mean, you could be eating dinner with your family and, and you go out and do this rescue mission, you come back and and they don't even know you're gone because there's the time stands still. So I think that same thing pertains here too, because like uh, Kathy is saying that that doesn't sound like Jesus Christ. You know, he's going to take time to uh, let them know of his love for them and probably let him, them feel his wounds and, and let them hug him and he hugged them. I think he had an interaction with all those who did see him, but the time stood still for the others. And this way he could have an interaction with each one individually. Because it's not like him to just walk through a room and then nothing else. You know, that doesn't make any sense at all. But I think it's this... Um, the time is different for them than it is for us. So like when, like in third Nephi, you know, when he's visiting the Americas and stuff, it would have taken weeks and weeks to have a one-on-one -on -one interaction with everybody. Yet we know that they all uh, approached him uh, and had one-on-one -on -one experiences feeling um, uh, his, his marks of the atonement and the wound in his side and everything. And so I, I don't know, it possibly could be along that same principle um but uh sorry i thought i was still screen sharing um anyway it's just interesting that sentence afterward joseph told us to resume our former position in prayer which we did like so they were on their their knees with uplifted hands praying 
And then he told them to get back into position after Christ came so that they could then see the Father. So they had to have not been in that original position. So like, I want to know everything that happened in between those two sentences. I think that there's a lot to be shared, but I mean, not a lot to be shared because they probably were commanded not to as you know, most people are. Um, but it just makes you wonder. Like, like I said, I think I have more questions than answers with Zebedee's two paragraphs here than, than anything, but that, that's, that's a strong possibility that I would maybe consider. I don't know. And here we have men that are just new members of the church, not endowed, because even the Kirtland Temple, they weren't going to be endowed. They had the priesthood. So why do we just discount ourselves so much? Do mm -hmm. we think here they were rubbing shoulders with the prophet? So do we think we need to be rubbing shoulders with the prophet? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, why, why do we hold ourselves back? And why do we have so much of that tradition? Like, when did that start? Because there it is. And I don't think it was unusual, especially in school of the prophets. So then where did the unbelief start coming in? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a very interesting principle. Um, I don't remember exactly how we got here in group B, but um, anyway, we were talking about uh, one of the school of the prophets that uh, later becomes a patriarch. And we were looking and many of the original 21 in the first school of the prophets became patriarchs and gave very complex amazing patriarchal blessings um like in those three books that uh joshua shared with me joshua and mariano um uh, the early patriarchal blessings in the church i was looking for those and man the ones that came out of the the patriarchs from the uh, school of the prophets were were quite amazing and they were able to part the veil throughout their whole life and uh share those prophecies and promises and and things with others uh very profound principles and like alethea uh, said where where does the unbelief happen and how do we like get over that uh how do we help other people rend their veils of unbelief so that we can receive some of these privileges that that are ours you know like president nelson uh president uchtdorf you know, sometimes we're just on the cruise ship eating our can of beans. Uh, and when we can literally have the whole buffet the whole time, uh, if we could just even believe, uh, have that small particle of faith, right? And then, you know, two winters after this original experience, they develop the curriculum lectures on faith and implement that on a, a little bit grander scale and uh, mushrooms over time. But teaching people how to receive and and grow into their privileges and everything i mean it's quite profound and like it, it still amazes me how little we talk about it understand it or even heard of school of the prophets or lectures on faith kind of a thing after its decanonization i mean it's just kind of oh that's not important anymore kind of thing and it's not it's not even the veil of unbelief. We scold each other for thinking that we can do that. Like we take people down a notch. Um, it's not just 
a veil of unbelief. It's like, who do you think you are that yeah. you can do that? Um, yeah, because I've had that happen to me. And it's often like, I, I find this with dreams or whatever. Anyway, like sometimes, oh yeah, it, it's fine for so-and-so to have a dream, but anyone in your family or, you know, somebody that you actually know, ah, they, they obviously don't kind of a thing. Like not kind of applying here, but like a prophet is never accepted in his own land. Right. You know, that it's a scripture somewhere in something, <laughs> forget the, the actual reference of it, but but how true that is, because sometimes when we think we know somebody, it's like, uh, we know that those kind of things can't happen to you, let alone me or anybody, but but it's fine for so-and-so or, you know, the early pioneers, that's totally fine. Well, and then even like um, Visions of Glory, he didn't share that for years until he was given permission to share. And yet mm. how many people, how much persecution did he receive for that? Yeah. Like we just like to, yeah, like we don't want anyone to raise up and grab their privilege. Mm -hmm. We want to keep them down low where the rest of us are. I say a lot of the members of the church don't believe that the our modern day apostles see Christ. Christ right. Father. That's so hard to fathom, but that's it's true but well and especially like in your own ward i mean like that saying you just said um cameron about in your own land i mean especially in your own ward like you are crazy land think somebody think you know if you dare to even tell anybody that. yeah i remember one time in sunday school i was reading the first few verses of section 93 about this is what you need to do to part the veil. And the second counselor just looked at, just raised his hand and said, well, if it happens in the next life then that's, you know, and it was like, no, that's not what the script, like he just, he kind of came down on me. Mm. And it's like, but that's not what the scripture's telling us. It's saying anyone who does this. Yeah. And, and now like our prophet is like, <laughs> guys it works the gospel works here's here's the pattern here's some invitations if you want them but if you don't that's totally fine too but that there's there's more to be had if you want to reach up and grab it yeah yeah so um leslie did you still have something to say <laughs> i think you had your hand raised at one point but if it's I would, I'm having a coughing fit so i <laughs> <laughs> I've raised my hand, but I think um, we've been watching you teach us or experiencing you teach us and the importance of patterns. And as we've been experimenting, um, you've been able to share more or, <coughs> excuse me. So I'm, I'm hopeful because I think we're growing and we're progressing. Because um, I feel like so many things are coming together in um, all at the same time. It's just, it's kind of crazy. So I have faith that this, that this is um, a repeatable 
pattern in and of itself that we can turn around and um I mean because you've been you've been pretty quiet about it I mean you haven't you haven't um you've just gently given us stuff here and there and and it hasn't been um you haven't knocked us over with anything that we weren't ready for and and so <laughs> you're saying the homework load needs to get deeper okay I... <laughs> well i'm looking at the you know the you know where were we last year you know it's just it's we've progressed so I really think that as we follow the pattern that you have given us, not necessarily of doing book clubs, but of um, of teaching by example, and and sharing through the spirit and doing and becoming one with God, that it's going to draw people. It's going to it's going to push them away, but it's going to draw others in, those that are ready, and they. No, I just have faith that that's going to happen, and um, and then we just just let the rest be, you know, what it's going to. We can't force anybody. So mm -hmm. sorry, back out for a, a few minutes. So I don't know what I missed, but mm -hmm. <laughs> Cameron, I was listening to um, John Pontius's um, Journey to the Veil too, where he's given that last uh, fireside and in there he he said if you go through the steps like this is lined out in the scriptures and he gave some of those scriptures and stuff but he says justice demands that we can also see the, the lord mm -hmm. see the savior i mean it, there's a pattern and there's and if we do what that pattern is, then justice demands that we can. Yeah. I love that. So here is another quote from Zebedee Coltrane about kind of the, the opposite. <laughs> but I think that it's uh, equally as informative. So it says, about the time that this school was first organized, some wished to see an angel. And a number joined in the circle and prayed. When the vision came, two of the brethren shrank and called for the vision to close or they would perish. These were brothers Hancock and Humphreys. When the prophet came in, they told him what they had done, and he said the angel was no further off the roof of the house, and a moment more he would have been in their midst. And so I think that that's an, another interesting kind of aspect of, of what we were just kind of talking about there of, you know, it really does come down to agency and what you want and your preparation into these things right but like the lord's not going to force something on us but knowing that that things are available like what they learned in the school of the prophets somehow taught them that it's okay to organize themselves wish to see an angel and and join and and pray about it uh kind of a thing and, and an angel was on its way uh I, and, you know, no offense to, to Hancock and Humphreys, because I think we've all been there, right? I mean, where it's like, I don't know what I've got myself into. I'm feeling things or who knows what. And and sometimes we we might shrink from from our, uh, I don't know, missions or 
uh, whatever. <laughs> Lost the word to I was going for, it, but um, just knowing, uh, being able to cultivate the faith necessary to rend our veils of unbelief and just know that things things are possible, that we are actually sons and daughters of God, and He loves us. He wants to come to us, and um, you know, looking back at our original question of what was the intent to organize the school of the prophets? What was Joseph Smith wanting to do? What was uh, Heavenly Father and, and Christ expecting out of this small group of brethren? You know, I think it can boil down to lots of different things. You know, I've kind of created a, a bullet point list of what I think all of the different purposes are, but, you know, to create a unity and an environment for such exceeding faith that we can can accomplish anything, you know, whatever that might be to um, have all of the, the patterns of ages and, and patriarchs past being pulled into our life, you know, uh, through the new and everlasting covenant, uh, we have the same promises as, as anyone who's ever lived on the earth. And anyway, so all that we've, we've kind of touched on and, and talked about tonight is just pretty amazing draw dropping and it's like okay so what what's the next step um i don't i can't remember if it was group a or b but uh, we kind of got into this and uh, my mind's just been swimming since then but you know how coincidental has all of the timing been for all of this right like what have we been studying in come follow me uh what have we been studying in I, you know, I'm just rattling off a, a bunch of different things, but four ordinations, the spiritual physics of light, ham radio, uh, Avraham's works, like everything's <laughs> arrival, the, the movie that we're watching tomorrow, like all of these things are coming in and compacting in on each other so fast and furiously that it's like, I don't think that anything is a coincidence. Like, like John Pontius says uh, quite often, the Lord cannot put you on a path that you are not ready to begin or accept. Like it's it's against the the laws of 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 God to to dangle a carrot that is beyond your grasp. It, it's just not a loving Heavenly Father. It's not something that He can do. And so if He is compacting all of your learning and and leading and, and growing and curating your lesson plans what is the goal like for you personally why have you been studying the things that you've been studying why are you a part of this book club and why has he led us all into learning about lectures on faith and school of the prophets right now at this time when everything else is coming full circle what is the lord's plan for you individually from here on out like what I think that's my biggest question that I've uh, been uh, waiting through this week is, wow, I think my uh, my veil of unbelief is getting thinner and thinner of of the Lord's hand in in it all. I don't know. I, I just find that very profound. Uh, anyway, any other kind of uh, thoughts and and feelings on? Uh, school of the prophets and its purposes and um, did they accomplish what they set out to do and and what does that mean for us in in our day and age
I think we're just a little bit slower learners because we had to start out with the Abrahamic covenant, but I think we've been doing our own school of the prophets with you. <laughs> In some kind it's of just, degree. Yeah, it's just taken us a little longer. We're a little slower. Please <laughs> me, I'm a little slower learner. <laughs> but yeah, I looking back, like everybody knows my story, right? Of like um, when we decided to do School of the Prophets, lectures on faith and stuff. I was like, I don't know, Heavenly Father, do you, that's some deep stuff. Like, do you want us to go there? Is that where we go next and stuff? And then, uh, just like you said, the, the vision just kind of expanded. And it's like, look at how I've been leading you every step of the way. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not a coincidence that we went from the Abraham book to Isaiah decoded, uh, Triumph of Zion and so forth. Like, all of those things are in a perfect order to teach certain things and, and get us all in a, a certain place and yeah it, it's been an interesting very interesting journey lots of confirming witnesses over time sorry i didn't really answer your question and then oh, no. I yeah your question <laughs> <laughs> neither do i <laughs> yeah just any kind of i don't know I'm, I'm just kind of like out of words i don't even know what to say it's just all very profound and it's just distilling on me more and more as, as the days go on another thing in the um journey to the veil too that i was listening to he said he gave the definition of the fullness of the gospel and he said it's exactly this it's seeing christ's face while we're still in the flesh that's the fullness of the gospel. I've never been able to define that before. I didn't know what it was for sure. But he said it just like that. Mm -hmm. And then if we go back to scriptures and corroborate, that's what all of the prophets has always defined it as. But yet somehow we kind of clouded over. And another thing is, and I forget who said this. Might even, I don't know. Might even be present now, and I don't know. But anyway, the main purpose of the temple, sure, we go there. It, it's a great opportunity to do work for the dead and stuff, do those ordinances. But the main purpose of the temple is to go back to the presence of, of God, the Father, uh -huh. enter into his presence. And they're not talking about after we die. We're talking about now. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> when that finally dawned on me, as far as the whole garden motif, all temples, the, the old tabernacle, the portable tabernacle, uh, all of our modern temples, etc., are all models of the Garden of Eden. They're all very garden imagery centered. And, you know, it's very subtle. Like if you're not into symbols or, you know, paying attention to architecture and all of the different degrees and all that kind of stuff. But, but once you are immersed in it you're like you're coming back into the garden you're coming back into the presence after having been cast out you're now progressing back into his presence to be taught face to face from him like oh my word like <laughs> it's all there and sometimes we just don't have eyes to see but once once you do then you go back and realize it's been that way all along and now you're ready for it because the lord has prepared you sufficiently and is now ready to teach you further. Yeah. I, was, 
I was thinking, Darlene, when you said that the definition of the fullness of the gospel is to be in his presence. Is that what you said? To see his face? To see Christ's face mm -hmm. while still in the flesh. Yeah, but how many times do we just tell our neighbors, oh, we have the fullness of the gospel? Like we've even watered that definition down. Oh, yeah. To the point where I didn't even know what the fullness of the gospel really was. Yeah, like that veil of unbelief, mm -hmm. the traditions, like that's what we always, oh, we have the fullness of the gospel. And we think it means having priesthood authority and being able to make covenants and have ordinances. And that's what we think it means. Mm -hmm. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And that was in Journey to the Veil 2, and it's the, the last one, right? It's in Yeah, the, it's in chapter 18. Of the audiobook. Um, uh, audiobook. Mm -hmm. Okay, I think I have Journey of the Veil. I need to get a second one because that one keeps I that oh. one keeps popping up in my life. Mm -hmm. it, yeah, I'm just yeah, it's great. That's one of the things that I've really learned over the past couple of years. When things keep popping up. I, I don't delay as much as I used to. <laughs> Sometimes it, I still do, but like, it's like, I don't know, make some time, <laughs> forget everything else and, and go to it. That, that's why I can never actually finish a book. <laughs> I'm always starting in a couple chapters here, there, and then I'm off to something else. But yeah, it's an interesting process. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so... For next week, we are actually, well, I mean, it's still kind of a precursor, but we're, we're finally getting into to lectures on faith um, after having really studied the, the background of School of the Prophets and how it comes about. Um, so next week is a, a fairly decent sized article about the authorship of the actual lectures. Um, you know, Joseph Smith versus Signe Rigdon, who's uh, doing what and, and how that comes about. And then the actual preface that the first presidency give of the lectures on faith. Um, after that, then we'll be in uh, lecture one, lecture two, lecture three, etc. But um, anyway, so next week is that article and the the actual preface um, that we'll we'll try to cover and, and talk about next time. Um. So yeah, any kind of final thoughts or or anything? Um. So we have our, our watch party tomorrow uh, for the movie Arrival, uh, 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. And uh, again, uh, <laughs> you got to watch it ahead of time uh, in order to, to understand some of the, the things that we're going to be talking about um, in the full scope. Um, it'll be just our, our normal Zoom link uh, for our classes. Um, and then Ham Radio on Saturday at 10.30 a.m. Um, and then education week, uh, if you're interested in going, um, the, the schedule's out now and you can, uh, if you need any help with that, uh, I'll try to make myself available. <laughs> it's been kind of a busy, weird week for me, but, um, can yeah. I say something about, um, this movie arrival? It's, it's I'm not a sci-fi person either. And, um. But isn't it interesting? Truth can be lots of different places. And, uh, and it can be given to people that aren't 
members of our church or anything, but you can find it. But we have the Holy Ghost to help us and we can tell if things are true or not. But, uh, oh gosh, it's been a little over a year ago that on the church site, it had on there that um, it's one of the apostles, I think, that was saying it, or the prophet. Um, anyway, that truth can be found lots of different places. Don't uh, disregard it, you know, if it, it's not in the scriptures, you know, because truth can be found lots of different places. He's, he's left or guided people in different ways. And so it is possible to find truth in, in things that we wouldn't really think it's possible. Because I was skeptical on this arrival thing until I watched it. Yeah. How do we watch that? Like, I've never done a watch party. So how does that work? Mm -hmm. um, put so, it on our TV and we all started at the same time or? Oh, good question. Yeah, I, I probably should uh, inform other people how that works and stuff too. So um, that's why it's going to be crucial to watch it ahead of time because when we're actually doing our watch party, it's mostly going to be like commentary. We'll have it kind of plain and you know we'll, we'll kind of tune in to, to moments of it and, and things like that but it'll all be from my end and pausing and and all of that um but there are options if you are interested in watch parties with family and friends and stuff like that like with amazon prime's watch party feature um you the person creates the the watch party and then you copy the the code and send that to everybody else and then the the host you know, is in control of pausing and, and playing the, the movie. But then there's just like a little chat box that everybody can can talk in, but it's not with like face-to-face -face video. I've like done a lot of research on all the different kind of watch parties and stuff. And none of them like totally met my expectations of how to do it good. Um, but I think Zoom will be our best bet so that we don't have to download additional software or have a learning curve with it at the same time kind of thing. But um, so you'll have the movie playing on your Zoom, and we'll kind uh -huh. of be watching it, hearing you talk, and then talking to each other if we need to. Uh -huh. Yeah, so it'll be kind of like our book club discussion, and we'll have, uh, I'll, I'll share my screen that has the movie, but you know, it won't be that great of quality, and we'll be talking a lot over it, that's why got to watch it ahead of time, and then, you know, uh, but yeah, it's just going to be basically a book club uh, and type of Zoom thing. And won't you pause at some points where yeah. we can discuss and stuff? Yeah, I mean, if if we can actually make it through the movie in one session, I'll be really surprised. But because uh, I think there's so much to talk about. But anyway, yes, we'll we'll start at the beginning and just play and pause and talk and uh, hash stuff out, and we'll see how far we get. But yeah. I gotta watch it again tonight because I watched the whole thing, didn't see anything simple. <laughs> I didn't get nothing out of it. I mean, I thought it was a decent movie, but I'm uh -huh. like, what are they getting out of this? I am completely dumbfounded. I must be really amazing. stupid. I didn't get anything from it. I didn't either until Leslie <laughs> looked up a review and shared it with me and then highlighted the ones <laughs> that the person came up with and that they, they were really good. Mm. <laughs> it must have been Cameron's review of the movie, actually. 
I, I, I haven't read this one that Leslie shared, but like, I want to read it after we have our watch party and be like, okay, did I miss something? Like, is there something else that I need to go down that avenue? But um, isn't it interesting along that exact same line where um, like me for a long time, I'm sitting there watching the endowment and I'm going, cool, creation, fall, uh, what am I missing? Because like, <laughs> I'm not getting anything. And yet, um, with some some time and, and training and, and, you know, kind of like training wheels, like having a best bud that gets it, that's been trained by somebody else kind of a thing. And not saying that I'm like the best bud that can train you on arrival, but um, <laughs> but there's some some fun stuff that the, the Lord's been like helping me understand and opening my eyes to. It's like, oh, that'd be so cool. I want to like, I want to talk with people about it, but I can't. You know, it's a very selective group that you can talk about some some deep principles. I mean, because there's like there's tent cities and call outs in arrival, and I'm like, I can't talk about that with anybody else. <laughs> so I need some some good friends that I can hash those principles out. Well, this is going to be so fun. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. But I'm going to have to stay up really late tonight and watch the kids. <laughs> I feel like that though with everything. Like when I want to talk to people, I'm like. I can't even because you haven't read Isaiah decoded and you haven't read <laughs> like I just can't even do you guys feel like that yeah. it's really kind of hard actually. yeah it's like ah you guys it's just the select few in our three groups mm -hmm. yeah that's why yeah it's gonna be fun uh kind of connecting it's gonna be way different I mean I don't know when somebody first suggested like a watch party or whatever I'm like ah that's like the last thing i'm trying to like escape all movies like i'm i'm not doing anything like that anymore and and now i'm hosting an alien watch party <laughs> that's like that <laughs> okay sure for years <laughs> yeah. well, well talking about christ and journey in translation and <laughs> <laughs> who would have thought two years ago right yeah, it's so weird. But um, <laughs> so it goes. Uh, I'm I'm interested to see how uh, lectures on faith really ends for for all of us, and how it. I don't know what what exactly has next in in store for for everything. But uh, anyway, it, it'll be really fun. Week thirteen. What are we? Week four out of thirteen. <laughs> Countdown begins. Well, thank you so much, Cameron. Appreciate you and your mommy. <laughs> I'm afraid these weeks are going to go. Let's see, nine weeks left. They're going to go way too fast. Mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we will see you all sometime, whenever <laughs> we see you in all of the many different avenues. <laughs> all right. Have, have a great night. week, y'all. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.